This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi and uh, thank you for downloading this Homestyle Radio podcast. This is round two of the introductions. <laughs> the first one ended up in the show. <laughs> um, treat me and Mark. It was good, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, nothing like a row. <laughs> I'm, suing for, I'm suing you for divorce now. <laughs> it's going to the highest court in the land. That's fair. I'm going to take you to the cleaners, mate. It- it was it was very funny, but I was very aware that as a podcast introduction, it probably wouldn't really do the job. So on uh, Aaron's too, by the way. Hi, Aaron. Hello, hello, hello. And obviously you heard the dulcet tones of Mr. Mark Ross. Um, yes. Well, Definitely I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, we had an interesting show today. You've got about an hour and a half ahead of you in terms of show content. Um, I think we're actually going to have to start announcing the show is longer than an hour because <laughs> yeah. maybe we can it fit it in. <laughs> Always is. I think one of the longest shows was when it was just you, you and me, Mark, one week, and we had one game to review. Yeah, well, there was so, there was so much to get through today, wasn't there? With two two matches to review, two to preview, plus all the aggro on the boards with yeah. you know slating everybody left, right, and centre. So, Sleep. but I think it was a good show. We, we sort of covered. Um, most of the current talking points, and I'll, you know, I think you'll hopefully enjoy that. Um, I'll mention this again in the outro, but as ever, if you think of anything during the week you want to get in contact with us about, whether it's a suggestion for something you'd like us to do, or whether it's something you'd like to record for us, we're quite happy with that. If anyone wants to record some content for us, uh, or you just have an opinion that, that occurs to you during the week, just email us at radio at homesdale.net. And, uh, and we'll be in contact. And, um, yeah, hope you in- enjoy the, the rest of what you're about to listen to. And we'll be back <laughs> again at the end of the show. Have fun. Homestyle Radio. Butterfield into the hat-trick. Astonishing. Of all the unlikely heroes. It's Scannell. Ambrose. Goal. Crystal Palace, and that may do it. Flick goes, it's an own goal from Popovich. (laughs) 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Holmesdale Radio. What, oh, God, I've gone into a bit of a cowboy voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome, welcome to Holmesdale Radio. <clears throat> That's better. Um, yeah, so with me today, I have Aaron Mitchell and uh, Mark Ross. Sadly, Albert couldn't make it today. Um, um, you know, we'll miss him, but we'll get over it. Uh, we've got, well, obviously, there's, it's pretty much the same as it was the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of uh, anger going on, and anyone listening to the music before the show would have noticed that the last two songs were Crazy and Hysteria, which might give you a clue as to my feelings on the subject. <laughs> hey! See, I'm, cle- I'm clever, but no one really listened to it, other than, it seems Adam Adam Johnson, not the footballer, uh, listened to it. He was quite approving of the music, so well done, Adam. Um, yeah, so, before I um, get completely distracted, let me talk to the lads. Uh, hi, Aaron, you were obviously on next last week, sorry, so not much has probably happened in the last seven days, but you did go to the game this week. I was on last week, and I'm on this week, huzzah, two weeks in a row. Yes, I did go to the game. Not the best, but hey, I enjoy myself nonetheless. Good stuff. Were you in the Arthur wait as normal? Or Yeah, I was, singing with the lads, it's all good. Enjoy that little bit of a song going with the glad all over going either side of the between the eight, the Homestale and the Arthur Waite that entertain you? It is, that was entertaining, especially one Ipswich fan who took his shirt off, so he started singing Fat Boy from Matalan. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> um, also with us today, I, never, I, always, I do always forget never to talk to Aaron for too long because it becomes weird. <laughs> but um, also with us today, talking of weird, is Mark Ross. Hi Mark. Thank you for that lovely introduction Chris. Hi Aaron. Hello Mark. And hello to everyone listening. We have got a, a temperature rising show. I'm already taking anger management classes as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> having what are you going to say, taking your clothes off? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, I've what have I told you? Yes. Well, Nasty. I do my own business, yeah. But, um, yes, there's been an awful lot of um, comments and pretty negative ones on the board, so I should think we will be dissecting that as the show goes along. Indeed we will, and obviously we've uh, we had a sort of chat about our own sort of feelings b- before the show, and I personally, I you know as I, as I indicated earlier, um, I feel things have got a little bit out of hand. Uh, that's not to say that there isn't valid criticism, and that's what we'll be talking about today. But we're certainly not in the camp that uh, that feels that there's some sort of major crisis. So if you disagree with anything that we say, do um. Do get in touch. Well, also, if you agree, might help as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me get, give a quick rundown of what we're going to get into today. There's a couple of topics we're going to talk about before we get in, into any reviews. But uh, then, obviously, we'll get into the review of both the Southampton game and the Ipswich game, even though my notes say the Birmingham game. Hmm. Didn't change that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have a quick look ahead to the games against uh, Portsmouth on Tuesday night where obviously they're fighting for their lives but we could indeed relegate them um, which would be a shame in some ways but anyway um, and then obviously uh, well a quite disturbing game uh, in current circumstances <laughs> against Reading who are absolutely on fire and well and truly ap- just took Southampton apart and we, we saw what a sick team they were um, so yeah, worrying, worrying preview ahead there. Um, but yeah, and other than that, we'll cut, we'll round up all of your correspondence. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, everyone who has so far. We've got a couple of threads on the Homesdale for both the Southampton and Ipswich games that we'll be referring to. Where I ask for some comments uh, and various different bits and pieces across Twitter and Facebook and all sorts. So plenty to get on with, but don't feel that that means you shouldn't get in touch during the show because that is always appreciated. And these are the ways you can do it. It's radio at homesdale.net if you want to send us an email. Uh, it's on Twitter. We're twitter.com forward slash whole radio. 
and you can include eight at whole radio with your message uh, you can go to facebook facebook.com forward slash whole radio why is my screen flashing how weird um <laughs> or you can go to the chat room. it's whole radio.net forward slash chat aaron's in there um anyone in there at the moment aaron there are a few people mm, good the usual reprobates yeah sure good good so if you want to pop in there you can live chat with us and we'll pick up on any well aaron will inform me of any key comments well, of course you can also give us a ring at any point to uh talk through anything it's 0208 123 1646 calls charge at your local rate and we'll come out with your mobile bundle uh, assuming you have one of those um this is really distracting i've just got this mat sort of like a uh, epileptic strobing thing going on on my screen hmm. <laughs> happy times uh, let me just scroll so that's not there anymore uh, the first topic i really wanted to come to and it's, we won't dwell on it because it's not a not a nice one but obviously pierre uh, mario morosini um who was on loan from a team in the Serie A to Livorno in Serie B. Um, sadly, uh, had a heart attack and, and lost his life. And obviously, we just wanted to make reference to that. It's just it's such a shame. You saw the kind of the best way that they can possibly turn out with the recovery, continued recovery. <coughs> but unfortunately, this, this young man, 25 years old, you know, peak physical fitness. Uh, unfortunately, they sort of tried for about 90 minutes to resuscitate him, and he's ended up losing his life just playing a game of football. So, kind of when you look at when you look at the things that people are getting so irate about regarding Palace, and then you look at something like that, it kind of that adds a bit mm. of perspective. I mean, you know, obviously thoughts are with his uh, with his family, friends, and you know everyone who's affected by it. But I think just like the Moamba thing, it's it kind of everyone who, who follows football will probably be affected by that in some way and the, and the pictures coming out of there seeing all his teammates in tears and what have you was just not nice that you know i say it's the other end of, of how things can go in that situation bit of a worry it seems to be on the increase as well i don't really know why it's i mean assuming assuming it's a coincidence and rather than anything more sinister i suppose but yeah a bit worrying really um but there we are. We'll move on from that. And obviously, yeah, our, our, yeah thoughts go out to uh, to everyone affected by that. Um, but we'll uh, pick up on a few little bits and pieces. Um, just before the show, I'll go to you, actually, Mark. Before the show, we were talking, you were watching the um, Chelsea game when I was frantically trying to write what we were going to do today. Mm. And uh, and the conversation came up with, uh, with a goal being given that was clearly not over the line. And the debate on goal line te- technology sort of came up. Um, something you're in favour of, mate? Uh, definitely in favour of goal line technology. It's just, um, will that, you know, will bring in goal line, goal line technology sort of, will that everything escalate and there'll, there'll be, you know, technology for every decision and, you know, it'll turn into sort of American football and be about five hours long for one and a half hour game of football. But, um, uh, yeah, definitely goal line technology, but the powers that be in, uh, in, uh, in Europe, I don't know if they're gonna, go with it they seem to be siding in favor of of goal line technology now after yeah. a few hope high, high profile incidents there was one today as well as you mentioned in the in the spurs chelsea semi-final um but it's you know where where do you stop once you start so well, that's, people are that's saying well you can just go up and into the into the box and they can you know in 10 seconds you can see whether Someone was tripped outside the box or inside the box, and whether it was a penalty or not, and and it's, all this sort of thing—it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Really? It's the age-old debate of 
obviously these things are, are re- they really really do matter now and they matter more and more in the uh, you know in the higher leagues when you're talking about the sums of money that are being affected by it but i mean when you when you look at something like cricket i think that's probably that, that's a perfect sport for you know technology to get involved in and they do it well in rugby as well um but when you start looking at football you if you start taking any more pace out of it and start I don't know, it worries me a bit. I think you've got to give help where it can be given. And, and again, everyone's got this perfect argument for goal line technology. And to be honest, I do agree with it. But but there is a part of me that says, and I'll get your sort of thoughts on this, Aaron. There's a part of me that says human error is part of the game, both in terms of the footballers you see out there and in terms of the referee. It's the way it's always been. It's how it is if you play semi-pro football down the park and things like that. So... Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that particular angle? Um, sh- yeah, human error does need to r- remain in the game. I think you're right about in terms of slowing the pace down. You can't really do it in football. You can't constantly go back and forward looking at you know what happened. But y- human error is just something that happens. To be honest, you look, take a lino for example. He's got to watch when the ball's played, and he's got to watch where the player is, and he's got to make a decision. Snap of his fingers. Mm-hmm. If he gets it wrong, oh well. If he gets it right, good on him. I just think, in terms of technology in football, goal line technology is needed, but that's where it has to stop, in my opinion. Uh, Mark, you want to make a further point on that? Yeah, there was just uh, I th- there was a recent debate about um, sort of the way that uh, you get an appeal, like in tennis or in cricket, yep. and you know if you win it, you know um, you keep the same number of appeals, and if you lose it, you lose it, uh, and you know, it's reduced, and uh, there was talk about maybe giving every side like two or three chances in a match to appeal a decision, and then it would go upstairs and then be reviewed then. But still, you know, it's yeah, still going to slow the game down, and it's. it's it I think is, people are trying to find like a happy medium, you know. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's for me. I'm, you know, I do follow cricket quite close. I do love the game and um there's certain situations where they do refer it to the third umpire and he hasn't got a clue either is you know, the, the information <laughs> he's got is inconclusive and i think football's more like that as well yeah sometimes people kick the ball at the same point you know and you can't when you're talking about giving corners that then lead to goals and people want to go well hang on a second that corner should never have been given i'm going to call it back and then someone's got to try and make a decision when it's impossible it's i, th- I think you're absolutely right guys i think i think goal line technology is a is a simple thing. It, it really, really is. Uh, and if it's done the right way, I mean, we've suffered more than anyone, haven't we? <laughs> of late, yeah. Freddie Sears, <laughs> Phantom Goal. We've had Tommy Black against Leeds when I was oh, sitting man, with a Leeds fan. That one just winds me up so. That much. was over the line and the handball, wasn't it? I, that one? It was. I was celebrating <laughs> for about fifteen minutes. Some some tweets coming in actually. By the way, there's um, Wayne Wayne Gallagher who's at Wayne Dizzy on Twitter so they should introduce a video ref in football but make it the tennis system where each manager can contest three decisions a game as you just said Mark um, yeah, obviously we're, we're talking I've, I've said what, what I think that might be the problem with doing that but having said that as long as you have a clear defined rule like they have in, in tennis and cricket where specifically in cricket I'm thinking of where it, you know the, the decision goes with the on field referee if, there's, if it's inconclusive that sort of stuff if you clearly define the, the rules it, it certainly can work, and I don't think. I mean, I spend every weekend vilifying the man in the middle, putting his, <laughs> you know, doing that job. Like, you know, you get so bloody angry about him. Like, 
certainly when you little things like Darren Ambrose being given offside when the ball wasn't going to him and little things like that just wind me right up. But if there's a mm. way of helping these people do their job better and taking a bit of pressure off them and getting a better you know result for, for people following football, then that's that's got to be the way forward. Uh, Aaron, one last little point before we move on on that subject. Yeah, just seeing with the goal line challenge in some sorts, it's all right saying we can implement it. You've got to consider the teams that can't afford it, to be honest. So in my opinion, it's only going to be implemented in the top leagues, whereas teams further down, they just won't be able to afford the system, given how much they say it's going to cost. Very good point. And that, I mean, that's, that starts putting divisions in divisions, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a worry, that as well. But it's a very good point, Aaron, and, and something that the authorities would have to consider. And just one last little reference to it, Nick... Um, who isn't presenting today but is listening in, uh, says how far down the league should goal-line technology go, Blue Square South. If, again, as Aaron's indicated, if they can afford it, you, you would hope so, wouldn't you? But there's a danger that they wouldn't be able to do so. And where does the responsibility lie? Should the FA pay for it? And all that sort of stuff. So difficult decisions, but I think everyone agrees that um, that certainly goal-line technology is, is something that has to happen. Uh, and like, like Mark was saying, FIFA have agreed to it so we'll see how many years that takes to implement um <clears throat> excuse me uh ooh, bloody hell we went on longer than i thought we would on that um a couple of things uh, on the bbs and on homestale there's two thre- uh, threads about murray not being in the squad during the game the reasons given by dougie freeman were that uh, both him, him and easter have played a fair few games they wanted to have a look at different options wanted to rest them all that sort of stuff murray's got a you know, fairly long-term contract here. You know what you're going to get with him. And he's obviously, obviously Dougie wants to see Scannell playing in the current system we use as a lone striker and see how he holds up, really. I think that seems to be the, what's going on. Um, but a lot of people are angry about it. Unfortunately, we can't delve into it as much as I wanted to, so I'll just get some <laughs> opinions from, from the guys, really. Um, if I start with you, Aaron, obviously, Glenn Murray, <coughs> first of all, you know, do you do you rate him? And second of all, can you see the logic in him not being there? Uh, yeah, I rate him for definite. Um, he, he can definitely score the goals. We've seen, I hate to say it, Brighton. Um, it does if he gets a service, which I've mentioned before. Um, he, he needs to be at the club because he offers a, a, a different way of playing up front. I think it's fair enough saying you can play scan up front because he's a striker after all. It, that's playing on a deck and feeling good balls but he can't play long balls to Scannell because bless him although he tries he can't win a header for cheese but um, Murray he, he needs to be in the team more often I think he might have an injury or whatever what kept him out but I would like to see Scannell and Murray play up alongside each other to be honest mm, I think that's a common theme to be honest with you but Mark yeah. um, can you see the sense in, in leaving Murray out completely? Um, it's tricky uh it's tricky. I think uh, that um, I believe that he's actually injured I, from a reasonable source, and um, that's why I don't think he was included at all. Um, but uh, he's, uh, you know, as you say, he's on a long contract, and and everyone was going on about uh, we're playing the same players and same system, and you know, give youth a chance and put Scannell up top and. Uh, and then, you know, these games like are basically sort of dead rubbers, aren't they? And yeah, and uh, it's good to take this chance to look at some of the younger players. And um, 
uh, you know, that's what he's done, and uh, and people are still moaning, you know, and you know, you put Scanlon up top, and he do, doesn't look like he's got a clue how to play as an out-and-out striker, and people have been mm-hmm. going on and on about it, and um, you know, I don't know. I mean, this season just needs to end, really. We, you know, we need to get more bodies in, and then ship out some in the summer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. You know, sure. we need a bigger squad, and, yeah. and it's been a long season for a lot of the players. Some of them look knackered, I think. I mean, mm. Klein, Parr, Zaha, you know, they're only kids, really, still. And um, mm. I don't know, it, it's, it doesn't seem like you can win. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do rate Murray. I know that the stats don't really uh, add up. Mm. Uh, not, not for his time at Palace. They do, obviously, at Brighton. But I think um, I like the player, uh, whether he's been harshly treated or treated. We don't know. I mean, what goes on behind closed doors or at the training ground, no one really knows. Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing is that people are, are saying, why is Martin playing when he's only on loan and so forth? But, you know, my feeling is that the, the club's probably intention is to try and um, sign Martin. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, that, we'll come to that. Yeah, we'll come otherwise, to that I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't see the point in mm. playing. Aaron, you wanted, to, you wanted to finish <laughs> with a point from the chat room before we move on? Yeah, yes. Uh, Serial Phil in the chat room reckons that Murray might have an attitude problem, which is why he might be left out of the squad. Who knows? Mm. Um, just yeah, quickly mention the chat room. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat if you want to join the fun in there. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's been rumoured ever since we signed him from Brighton fans that he did have a, a you know he was a sulker and ha- you know had a poor attitude. I don't know. You hear so many different things, really. I mean, yeah. people. The, the sort of the general things that I've heard from from sort of people I trust is that he doesn't have a problem at all. Um, I, I've heard that he, I'm never really sure if he's been carrying an injury because different people say different things, but um, but he certainly looks like he has been. And my my feeling with him really, and everyone knows probably from from well, hopefully from uh, what they what I've said on this program in the past is that I really do rate him. I think he's the best strike we've had in a long long time, but. But he's, but he's had chances. He's people have got this kind of attitude that he's not been given a chance. He's had he's had chances ever since he scored against Forest. He's kind of gone off the boil. I mean, that was a great goal, and he's had chances to do that. You know, to to turn on the ball and accelerate away from the defender and drill the ball in, and he's just not done it. And, and you look at against Doncaster, it's a free header on the back post. You look and everyone refers to his the videos of him scoring goals uh, for for Brighton. He wouldn't have missed that. And people could argue it's confidence or something like that. I'm sure it is confidence. I don't blame Dougie for for dropping him. I really don't. And But there we are. It's all about opinions, but that, that's where I am on that one. I think, hope, I'm really hoping that next season he, he fully settles to, to the championship standard of football. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I do agree. I hope he does have someone playing alongside him, if I'm completely honest with you. And, I, and Scanner is the one I would use from our current squad. Although I think we'll go out and, and get someone uh, as a striker, mm. but I mean you only have to look at his contemporary. Uh, actually, I'm going to add a. I've got a caller, Nathan. I'm just going to add him to our call here. What? Hello, Nathan. Yes, hi there. Hello, mate. It's Chris. You're live on air. All right. Um, I thought um, is it Chris Hamburg speaking to? It is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were you were talking just then on the on on the on the radio, so I didn't think <laughs> I. Um, oh, no, right. I'm, ha- I'm having to do everything. Our producer went AWOL some time ago, <laughs> um, promised he'd be back. Um, and I mean, he's not doing anything this evening, but 
but he's just sitting at home. He's probably listening to the show. Probably is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But essentially, I, I, I have to do everything, mate, which is why I sound confused all of the time. Um, <clears throat> anyway, on that subject, we were just uh, finishing talking about Glenn Murray. I think we can probably leave it there. Um, anything? What was the specific thing you wanted to talk about? Well, I, I, I kind of, um, like everyone else, um, a bit of lack of goals recently and lack of entertainment. But I'm, I think I'm more annoyed and more tired of the, the criticism of Dougie and the team from people on the, particularly on Homestead Online mm. boards, than I am of the team itself. Yeah. And and I, I really don't under, I really don't understand the the level of criticism. And I've I've done quite enough analysis, and they talk about dwindling gates, and that the average crowd is is just up this season, just a little bit up. Um, talk about oh, we need to sign Craig McCall Smith, and he's scored nine goals in a whole season. million pounds and Chris Martin who's been with us since when did he join it was uh, first loan window wasn't it I think first loan window so he he scored seven goals so Dougie's got somebody on for for nothing Mm. apart from his wages and he's only scored two goals less and if if people want a 20 goal scorer they'd have to go and get Ricky Lambert because he's the only one anywhere near the nearest um top scorer to Ricky Lambert's on 15 yeah. um, and kind of kind of think some of the people that are criticising Dougie now I just wonder whether they're criticising Neil Warnock in his last year and a half because I didn't see it I didn't see the criticism but mm. in Neil Warnock's previous season to the one where we went into, into administration we scored mm. 35 uh, we came 15th with 57 points which is around where we are now yeah. and in his 33 games, which we won 11, drew 11, and lost 11 before he left. We'd scored 35 goals in 32 games. So, <laughs> and this is again, you know, the criticism of Dougie's inexperienced and all this kind of stuff. Well, if you compare compare him to Neil Warnock, then how, how is Dougie doing any worse? So I, I think that people need to listen to what. The chairman is saying that last year was about avoiding relegation. This year is a year of consolidation. We move on. I think the criticism of that's coming from some people is based around the fact that they don't think Dougie will will move forward. He won't develop mm. and he won't make any signings. And, and let's also not forget that all of his no managers makes perfect signings. People have criticised Neil Dans, and we're missing him badly. Definitely. People criticise Jedinak, but then look how we've become a little bit um, soft in the middle of the park since he's been away. Correct. You know, I, I just don't understand where some of these fans are coming from, and, and I, I certainly think that somehow there the criticism should be, um, I don't know, funnelled into its own part of Homesdale online because I, I don't think it's good for the, the website, and it's certainly not good for the club for people... Booing and, and and I think there was somebody was shouting at Dougie about Chris Martin uh, during the I think Southampton game. Oh really? And Dougie turned around and told him to shut up, um, which is the you know which is what the guy should have done. And of course, he scored the goal on Saturday. Um, <laughs> and if it wasn't for a very good goal by Ips, which I mean they did deserve the draw, but if it wasn't yeah. for a very good strike, we would have won that game on Saturday. Absolutely. So, do you, do you feel that part of it is 
is that people haven't really got an outlet for their usual end of season angst. You know, we're either we're usually either chasing the top six, well that, that seems a distant memory now, um, or, or scrambling to avoid relegation. And all this sort of stress and anxiety goes in focused and sort of on on that task. And at the moment, we haven't had a task for some time now. I think even. I think even the most optimistic of us have accepted that we're not quite good enough to go up for quite a while now. And I, do you feel that perhaps people's lack of focus on on something is having an effect on them? Because I agree with you. I think they. I think people have gone completely mental. Frankly, um, I'm expecting yeah. to get abused for that, but that's how I feel. <laughs> oh, I think you've got a very sensible, without uh, being too complimentary to you. I think you've got a very good um, measured way of looking at things i think we 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 seem to set up at home a little bit like an away team but then you've got somebody like reading who won three one at southampton they had four shots on target in that match so but there's been sometimes this season i think it was the cardiff was it the cardiff game or there was one game i think middlesbrough i didn't go to the middlesbrough one but where we had one shot on target and that was the penalty so i think that there is there is a reason for people to be you know, a bit fed up, but, mm. you know, the start of this year, we weren't winning games, we weren't losing them either, and if you're not going to win, at least not lose, so I think we won three, um, drew eight, and lost one or something over 11 matches, yeah. um, and, you know, I just think people need to, to, to be realistic about, you know, and, and just buy into the, the, the club's uh, longer-term plans, and, yeah, yeah. you know, what, who, who, who do they want to come in? Who do they expect to come in? Someone mentioned Steve Bruce. I'm sorry, but Steve Bruce <laughs> is a little bit above Palace now. He's, he's managed a, a, a 40,000 support club like Sunderland. Um, I'm sure some people didn't want Alan Pardew to be um, made Palace manager, whether he was in the mix or not. But look at Alan mm-hmm. Pardew now. So supporters sometimes, I think, they think they're right, but... They're not. They're not informed. One of the posters on the board was criticising Dougie for not uh, playing Johnny Williams the other week. Well, I, I saw Johnny Williams spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was injured. That's why he wasn't yep. in the squad. Some people just seem to look at the negative, and they they just sort of lynch upon it, and 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 come up with oh, and then it's always the mentors wrong and. All this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's yeah. it, it's very frustrating seeing the balls. But then when somebody states an incorrect fact, I like many other people feel we then have to answer it and say, "Sorry, pal, but you're you, you're you're barking up the wrong tree with that yeah. opinion." Nathan, yeah, not based on fact. Nathan, I was gonna I was gonna ask you a question because I was gonna discuss it with the other lads, uh, and that that was about the criticism of Doogie and. Um, uh, if people have been putting up on the boards about he should come out in his press conferences and say it how it is, you know, and um, I'm I I don't agree with that uh, personally. That's just my own opinion. He he doesn't really criticise his own players, and he often sort of compliments other teams, be it their manager or their players. And I personally like that style. I don't want a Crystal Palace manager being interviewed, blaming officials, injuries, suspensions, exactly. the weather, too many games and too many days and and you know tiredness and whatever and and 
I am much, I, I don't want, you know, like, um, excuses. I don't, you know, and I don't want him to come out and crucify his players in front of the media. We're all doing that as fans on the message boards, exactly. on these, on these calls. Why, why should he have to stand up and speak to the media and, and castigate his players and the way, and, and justify the way he's playing to everyone else when, Fourteen or fifteen thousand people are watching it and spend the whole week commenting on it, uh, one way or the other. I mean, how do you think he should conduct his press conferences? Do you think he should come out and say we were crap and uh, we deserve to lose? No, I think you're completely right. I think his his, his post-match uh, interviews are spot, are spot on, and I think he always comes up with some interesting aspects. He's quite an intelligent bloke. Um, he doesn't just reel out the sort of the normal um, comments. Been a, there's a lot of uh, positive press from other managers about Palace. And I think sometimes some of our own fans, rather than saying, oh, well, that manager's just saying it because of P.O.'s, whatever, they might actually be saying it because it's true. And, you know, we're in a good position. If Klein does decide to go, we'll have some money from that. And if, um, if I don't think, I think we'll, all of the young players actually are a bit tired out. And, um, that showed yesterday in the way Scannell and, and, and Zaha, they, they weren't really at the races quite so much. But, uh, you know, I think you have, you have to take the, the positives because if you only take the negatives, I mean, it just feels like um, having too many beers and, 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 and then having been reminded of being on a hangover with some of the, the, the way these, some of these guys on the board, guys mm. on the board. They, they make the defeat or the result worse than it actually is. Um, yeah. and, and they don't appear... When we have had a good run and, and good performances, they only appear when things aren't so great, and that, that for me, uh, questions their their level of support. It it certainly does. I think I think you can. There's certain names that obviously, as, as a moderator, Holmesdale, I know only hear when when times are tough, and that doesn't exactly. doesn't mean to say that they don't have a point. I think that's the overriding feeling. I know you said it yourself, Nathan, and I'm going to let you go in a minute. But, um, but the, the overriding feeling that I have is that. Whilst there is valid criticism, the, the sheer scale of reaction at the moment is as if we're in some sort of major crisis, and I think it's disproportionate. I don't know why that is. I can't really understand it. I'm speculating as to why, but I just feel that, in a way, the kind of the decent debate that you can have on the message boards that is that you can't you can't actually have that debate because the criticism's masked in this sort of level of hysteria I, i'm finding that more frustrating than anything i think but oh. um um but yeah anyway listen mate there's been been some positive response on on twitter to your call as well um everyone's saying it's nice to hear a palace fan talking for a what for a change so um listen nathan thanks so much for your call mate um absolutely fantastic and i hope you yeah, get cheers. in touch again yeah. Um, I'd love Will to give do. you more airtime, to be honest, mate. You might, might <laughs> no. have a role as a little pres- uh, a co-presenter in the future. <laughs> great, <laughs> great show, chap. Okay, all the best. It, Take care. Thanks, Bye Nathan. Bye. Take care. Bye. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you very much to call. Nathan on then. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Mm. And he's, you know, he's put put a lot of work in as to um, to actually, uh, you know, researching his point as well, which is helpful. So, what do you um, think about um, about this this this? Um, I'm quite interested in these these comments about uh the post-match interview you know i i don't understand why people think that doogie should 
should I'm, sort of I'm gonna, I'm let gonna, everything out. Yeah. You know, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on to the, the Southampton review because we're already 13 minutes past when we should be doing it. But just to answer that that question directly, Mark, um, mm. I don't think anyone should pay any attention to any post match interview ever. Uh, I think <laughs> I think you're either gonna either you listen and believe everything, which I think is is a dangerous road to go down because most of it's spin uh, either positive or negative or most of it's designed to get a reaction um but i think dougie's actually shown that his use of the media he uses it for his to his own ends and the actual information given out isn't isn't too you know relevant if you know what i mean in, in some ways but when he does speak and when he does speak with passion like he did after the ipswich game and you can you can see when he's talking you know when he's actually given a message out and that message out is stop moaning, get behind the team, buy into my long-term plan. And I'm not interested in people who are going to be negative. I'm not interested in people who are going to try and try and hold us back because I believe in what I'm doing. And but, I mean, where, he keeps a you, very closed shop, though, doesn't he? And, he does, but, and yeah. he, he keeps such a closed shop that we can't get any of the current first-team players on this show because he yeah, won't moment, let yeah. them voice their opinion. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he 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 is trying to protect the the young players. I mean, we used to be able to get the academy players on, but now. You know, the whole thing is, you know, it's very difficult. It's all ex-players. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to have, hopefully, they've confirmed, um, we've got to try and sort out some times with Neil Shipley and John Solarco in the very near future before the end of the season. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail about that. I'm sure we're talking to Terry at the club to try and organise some sort of contact. And But it's, Dougie is controlling that, and that's his right to do that. There's not, not been anything direct. There's no ban on anyone doing anything it's just yeah don't don't end up sounding like we were um, being told where to go but <laughs> it's just it's harder to arrange interviews than it was let's just leave it at that but i mean yeah he look he's yeah he's he's got control of the club and that's what you need you need a strong p- personality you need a strong manager um anyone in any doubt over how strong a manager he or put in personality he is if you see his comments after it the Ipswich game he's he's telling you i'm going to do it my way if you don't like it, if you're not on board, fine. But I am going to succeed, and I don't doubt him. I should. I recommend that people who who've got you know these doubts about Doogie should go to one of these Q and A days oh, or cool. evenings. Do you remember the one we went to last year? Yeah, yeah. He was he was very very frank and very you know, and he knew exactly what direction he was going. And Lenny Lawrence was sitting alongside him, and they seemed like you know a good fit, and mm. and they they said exactly what their plans were and and you know he's he's stuck by his guns and he's doing exactly what yeah. you know he said he was going to do so yes. people people want to know if he's passionate or what what his uh, plans are for the club or for the team on his tactics you want to go to one of these open q and a sessions uh, they're very interesting and they yeah. they they give you a real perspective into into what what doogie's really thinking and you good, know, how he good works. Good plug, Mark, actually. That, good plug for the club there. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my ticket for the fans for him already. Oh, I've just managed to knock it out. I was trying to find the... Friday the 11th of May. There you go. £5 in advance. Get booked. Yeah. And ask Dougie yourself. And he'll, he'll yeah. I know early days uh, in in Homesdale Radio's life, uh, we spoke to Mark Bright at length. Mm. Um, one of the first... That was when Dougie first sort of came, came involved in the club, really. Um uh, you know, in a managerial capacity, and Mark Bright said clearly, Dougie Friedman might seem like a, a really nice, affable guy, but behind the scenes, when he needs to be tough, he's tough. And I think it's panned out that way. I, I think people kind of, because they're kind of still thinking too much about Dougie the player and not enough about Dougie the manager. And I think 
yeah if you listen to the to what he's telling you he's telling you that i've got a plan people have got to buy into it if they don't buy into it i'm going to get shot of them from within the club so let's look forward to some uh some surgery over the summer not some literally some surgery i'm not having anything <laughs> done but, um, but yeah let's look forward to. i some thought you were having a band fitted right <laughs> <laughs> that, that's unacceptable. <laughs> it was good, but unacceptable. Absolutely. Uh, unacceptably good. Yeah, unacceptably yes. Good. Uh, anyway, yeah, moving, moving on. Moving yeah. To the Southampton review, you've obviously wasted 37 minutes of my. <laughs> um, but no, we did have a very, very good call in that. So we're not going to get a huge amount of time, and unfortunately, I'm not going to get to everyone's comments on this, but I'll cover as many as I can. Guys, I'll come to you for comments here and then, but we're going to rush through this one. Um, obviously the game ended 2-0 to Southampton a uh, few disappointed people afterwards but ultimately we played the league leaders with a team that included uh, Matty Parsons it included Nathaniel Klein it included Wilf Zaha it included Kyle De Silva and Sean Scan all, all from our academy and Stuart O'Keefe who we brought in at 18 from Southend's academy so a young team inexperienced team in some ways I mean, people say, I was talking to Craig, who posts Money for Nothing, and he was quite rightly pointing out, you look at Klein and, and Zaha and Scannell, you don't see them as youngsters, and, and in many ways you can't call them that, but sort of made the point that they are youngsters in that they aren't, other than Klein, who's some sort of robot, I think, they're inconsistent with their form, and we've seen them, we've seen that this season still, with both Scannell and Zaha. But anyway, a young team started that game, um, and, and we didn't really didn't shame ourselves in any way early on games pretty even uh first chance first major chance was a kg header from a corner uh that's the game sort of wore on the young the young palace team they grew in confidence and, and in, in particular carter silver did impress before we went off um palace had a, a clear warning fairly early on about lambert um, and his ability to drift to that far post and he put the ball in the net from a off well a very offside position uh, but that was that was our warning if you like little Silva went on a run, probably took it past, what, three, four players maybe? Smashed a left foot shot that was just tipped over by Kelvin Davis, who's, who's proved himself an excellent keeper uh, at this level. So very unlucky for Carl not to, not to get his goal there, but showed his quality. Uh, as that first half sort of drew to a close, nothing much going really in, in terms of who was the better team. Southampton were pretty direct uh, in that first half. Uh, hitting the ball into, into the channel as they did up at, up at St Mary's when we played them. Um, but yeah, former Palace favourite Danny Butterfield, and we know about him and his ability to cross. He, he got a fair few assists in his time at Palace, and he put a, put a great ball in that just just out of Paddy's reach. He was you know straining, trying to jump backwards to get his head on it, couldn't, and it landed straight on Lambert's head, who nodded it in. Uh, so one nil down, and it was pretty harsh really. And and we even had a chance to come back and. I think there was a good good sort of burst down the left, I think it possibly from Wilf. Uh, the ball came into Scannell, he flicked it and, and put Martin in on the back post. And it was a wild, wild finish because, it, it, honestly, I feel I do feel it was it was easier to score than miss. And he, and he did miss, went over. And it proved costly. The, the second half, KG caught in possession. Um, ball ended up at Lambert's feet and he just walked past a couple of players and fired it, fired it into the corner. It was a great finish, but... You know, you're kind of you're expecting us to come back a bit and knock the stuffing out of us, and and we were shell shocked for a while, and you know we got back into it. You know, and the young players sort of we had Carl De Silva go off uh, for Owen Garvin, 
and Scanner went off for Ambrose a bit later on, and we we tried our best, but really, other than Zahar getting uh, getting a great cross in towards uh, Martin, I think Fun got uh, at just the end of his toe right on onto the ball to take it away from him on the back post. Otherwise, that would have been a goal. But um, other than that, we didn't really create anything, and you know, Fonte had a header saved, and and really that they just passed passed and passed and moved and moved and moved and really did just give us a lesson in in playing confidently and supporting a pass and that's kind of what what came out of it for me just a, a team that had been playing together for a period of time were were just that much more comfortable than us really um and and that's kind of that my review of the game if you like um so aaron you had a quick point to make yeah, nice review there, Chris. I'll send the time you had to take on it. <laughs> um, yeah, the Southampton game, of course I wasn't there. What I was hearing from reports and not the BBC, because they said they would have had it on, but they didn't. But, you know, um, we played quite positive at the start. We, we were closing down, stopping Southampton from playing on the ball, which is what you need to do. Mm. And, you know, really, really having a go. And uh, unfortunately, it seemed like that sort of sort of dipped off to be honest at what point Chris did it seem to sort of tail off where we started to sit back and think we'll absorb a bit of a pressure and hit him on the break mm, um, sorry mate I was oh, do you know what I've done you a disservice I was reading an email oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to edit this bit out of the podcast what did you ask me <laughs> I was uh, I was saying that uh, we in the beginning of the game we looked to attack him and close in on the play. Yeah, no, I heard, I heard most of it. Yeah, yeah. We, and so, at what point did it seem to tail off and Southampton started to take control and we started Re- to sit really, back? Mate, really, mate, it was the goal. Uh, it sounds a bit obvious to say it, but yeah. there, there was nothing... I mean, it, it's, let's put it this way, it wasn't a massively exciting game anyway, as there hasn't hasn't been for a while, but, but we gave a really, really good account of ourselves. And I didn't, other than... You know, the little bit of worry about Lambert's movement. And he's a very good striker. He really, really is. Uh, you know, and he's obviously at the absolute height of his powers at the moment. And it, it, he was just doing a simple thing. And, and I know Ipswich tried a similar thing with, with putting, having, having taller players drift out to, to being on Nathaniel Klein. Now, Klein <laughs> is a great player, but he's, you can't do an awful lot about the fact that he's a short person you know <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> short ass that have been so disrespectful I've now <laughs> I, yeah I didn't mean yeah anyway but he's you know he's short and putting a tall player on a short player it's an obvious tactic if you're going to yeah. hit the ball in the air but you know I, that that was the only real worry that I had um, and yeah really until it just sort uh, of knocked your stuff in out of them didn't it it just thought oh we're one down they're the league leaders here we go it's a That's terrible it's a terrible time to concede and, and the series of events of having having a goal conceded around the 40 minute mark going up the other end and having a great chance just to undo the before half time and just go mm-hmm. right little bit of a went went to sleep a little bit there was a good ball in but went to sleep a little bit undo the damage off we go league leaders were still in this um and then the same that says start the second half worst possible time to concede kg dwelling on it and there we go and we, we end up two 0 down but I, I don't want to dwell, well like we can't dwell on this game too much um, i'm just going to quick shout out to um mrs gusset nick's poor mrs <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so sorry for her. Um, she hates football. But she did take the Southampton to take their uh, kids to the Southampton game in in Nick's absence. So well done, Mrs. Gusset. Well done. Or Mrs. <laughs> I, I've got a quick point. I, uh, I'd like yeah. to uh, say it was actually 
part of it was to do with your point about Klein, and um, it was it was good to see Parsons get a rare outing. And um, but mm. when I was watching the game, I was thinking how small in stature our team was with, with Parsons, O'Keefe, to Silver, Klein, then Garvin coming on a sub. It, it really did look lightweight, and uh, you know, class yeah. act Klein is. I know everybody knows that, and and you know. His size, his stature is irrelevant. He's, he is a class act, but um, we do do lack a bit of strength and power in the team. And I think KG was our biggest player, width-wise, and um, that's kind of like you know all I can say. Apart from Southampton, only had three shots on target, and they won two nil. And when you've got a class act like Ricky Lambert, that's that's, that's all you need. That's where and, they are. And, they are. And our problem is that uh, we only had four shots on target in the match. Mm. Obviously, we didn't score, uh, and the Saints had sixty percent of the possession for the away side. That is pretty horrendous. From it is, but I think tips. most of that was probably in the last twenty minutes when they just mm. well, they didn't have to do anything. That they ball. they just mm. keep, kept ball. And that's if I, if I was going to criticise anything in that game, it would have been at that point where our system didn't suit them. Well, it just it allowed them to pass the ball and run harder. Our players around, and what you yeah, do, I mean, Cha- you push Chapler, people up, don't you? But yeah, but, yeah. but their player, I mean, Chapler and Cork were excellent. I thought. For yeah, them, Cork, Cork for me, you're, you're bang on there, mate. Cork was the standout player in that game for me. I know Lambert. Did we try and of... sign him? Did yeah, yeah, him? yeah. That's one of Dougie's first targets was Jack Cork. Yeah. Uh, I think he was even when he was a was it on loan at Scunthorpe or something like that a season before. No, he was a Burnley. He was up on loan at Burnley, I think. Anyway, um, he played against us, and Dougie was talking in the press that you know he really wants to get hold of him because he was still at Chelsea officially at that time. Um, so, well, we know Dougie can pick a player, and and that was one of them. And it, well, you can. I was so jealous of that midfield, to be honest with you. Lalana's a class act. Court was superb, uh, although similar to Jedinak in many ways, although <laughs> not better passing so far. Um, but, but yeah, and again, Chaplow, like you say, was play, he's playing. He's not really a winger, but he showed how to play wide right in the midfield. When you're not a winger, he, he did. He, he hugged that touchline when he needed to. He came inside when he didn't. When you know, when he had they, a chance. They, they looked. They looked. I mean, they didn't really have to extend themselves, did they, Southampton? But they looked classy on the ball, didn't they? They really. They played the ball around, stroked it around really well, then got thumped at Reading. But right. there you go. Yeah. I'm going to quickly read out some, some highlights of the comments and then we'll go on to the Ipswich game. Um, a Premier fan on Homestyle said, I wish we would experiment playing two up front at home, uh, especially after half-time when we're trailing 1-0. Playing at home with no relegation or promotion fight on baffles me. All credit to the youngsters that played, though. Uh, Hastings Eagle 67 said, Why take Scannell off when Wilf didn't have the beating of his man and was on a yellow card? Could see it going the Balotelli way, but luckily we didn't have too much possession after that. Uh, Wilf certainly looked at a frustrated figure against Southampton. It was well, well marshaled and uh, got very frustrated at certain moments. So I can see what, what he's getting at there, but you know, those are the decisions the manager has to make. Uh, everybody Dan's now says, uh, Thought O'Keefe was outstand- outstanding, to be honest. His awareness is extremely impressive for such a young player, and he rarely, if ever, gives the ball away. Breaks up play, tidy in possession, exactly what we need in that role. In contrast, KG was awful, too slow, doesn't read the game, and is woeful in possession. Uh, Rudy Hedman says, 
Friedman, I don't think Steve really had one, sadly, but Friedman uh, lost the idea of what he was doing up front in the second half. If he had, to, if he had, if he had one, which he must have done, Garvin was coming coming on was a good call, but Martin up top with Scannell on the left, and then Scannell going off was poor management. You criticise the top managers for all that went on in the second half. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Garvin should have been feeding Scannell and then and then Murray or even both. <clears throat> Money for nothing says overall better than the last four or five games, which I, of which I've seen all of them. I don't think we were that good in my opinion. Uh, I thought Southampton were quite poor for a team at the top. Disappointed with Dougie Freeman again, two 0 down, and we stick with four five one or four two three one if you see it a different way. Uh, subbing off the excellent De Silva when KG was playing so poorly, he might as well have not been there. Martin was anonymous again uh, most of the game aside from the chance in front of the goal in the second half and the blazed overshot in the first half. Uh, what did he do apart from those? Uh, just to mention, Fonte's interception for the second half chance was just class. How I miss his ability. I was more gutted losing him than Moses. Yeah, I, know, I know what you mean there, definitely. Looked a, looked a fantastic player again, Jose Fonte, but we know, we know all about him. Um, mm. Slight improvement, but nothing is being done to reassure me that Dougie has the ability to change things. Uh, I think we will plod along with this system and this style next year, just with different players. <clears throat> and the last one I'm going to get to, I think, is Jeff Bourne, who says, my first game since Brighton, I thought the lads were on top for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Thought the lad De Silva had a good game and was very unlucky not to score with that rasper just before the break. My real criticism is still how we attack teams. We're so pedestrian, which makes it easy to defend against. The one big chance in the second half was when Martin actually ran and slipped his marker was denied by a superb tackle. More pace and crosses required. Murray must start. Martin has piled on a few pounds since January. Play the young lads again, Dougie. Thought KG was okay, just lacked support from others in the midfield. There's some other fantastic comments on that game, but we really have to leave it there, considering the time. <laughs> um, okay, Palace Ipswich. Um, lineup was a little bit more regular. Uh, Silver was on the bench with... Um, Pedroza, Garvin, Part and Price. Didn't forget to mention Ryan Innes, who we've interviewed a few times, but was on the bench again for the Southampton game. Didn't get on, which was a shame. But obviously, well done, Ryan, for, for keeping yourself in the first team um, squad. Uh, anyway, so, yes, uh, so we had um, McShane back in the centre of defence. It's probably one of the biggest changes. He did, did very well. We looked a bit more organised in that sense. Uh, KG was injured in the 34th minute. Um, torn a thigh muscle, apparently nearly came off the bone, so he's out <laughs> season. Three or four months until he comes back. Uh, with his, should we say, fitness issues since being injured pre-season. Um, 
he really uh, that's not going to help him at all. Uh, and there was some comments attributed to Dougie from I can't remember where I read them now, indicating that he felt that KG's preparation had been poor of late or something like that. Uh, I don't don't want to put words in his mouth, but there was something along those lines. So um, maybe that injury was uh, was coming for a while, shall we say? But um, it's a shame because he'd been he'd been really committed up till the, the point he went off and some quite extravagant tackles, bless him. But um, <laughs> I thought he was having one of his better games. But there we go. Uh, Scannell started up top on his own. Martin sort of in that that role just behind, if you like. Uh, Zahar one side of that. Uh, Ambrose the other. And yeah, well, it was the kind of standard system. And I thought we I thought we started pretty well, if I'm honest. I, I, I'm going to go to you guys, really. Well, Mark, you've uh, made yourself some notes. How did you feel we, we did? Mark? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, God, yeah. Uh, that was a long um, report. Yeah, <laughs> pull him off his guard. <laughs> Basically, the uh, problem was we only had three shots on target. Uh, again, scoring goals is 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 the problem. But uh, generally, I thought um, it was an improvement on recent games. I thought that um, I I was a bit unsure about um, the setup, the starting. It, it, I don't know whether it was deliberate or not, but we started with Scannell up top and Martin behind. Then Martin seemed to swap roles with Scannell. Then at times we seemed to be playing 4 4 2 with Martin and Scannell both leading the line. And other times Scannell was so deep he could have been classed as a midfield player. And you had Ambrose and Zaha on each flank, as you said. But Zaha took up more of a central role with, and then Scannell went yes, wide. Yeah. And that's, then Ambrose and Zaha linked up really well and Ambrose had a shot, which nine times out of ten he would have buried. And unfortunately, the keeper saved it. Uh, probably um, was a bad miss rather than a good save. Um, maybe the tactics were to keep switching the front men. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm no sort of expert. Uh, but uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's like how often a ball would be put into the middle did you see like a ball going to the middle and not a single Palace player in the box mm. like and it was rather frustrating and that's where the question of where was Glenn Murray arises you know if yeah. you're going to play two wide men and assume that you're planning for those guys to put some crosses in therefore you need a target man Scanlon and Martin are definitely not target man so I found that all a bit peculiar really yeah Scannell was he was poor I felt yesterday his touch though his touch you know when he linked up with Klein for Chris Martin's goal was was sublime, but mm. the rest of his game he just he didn't seem like he he could beat his man, and he's I don't know he just looked a bit tired and so uh, we've got a call. uninterested. We've got a call Mark, uh, hello, hello, <laughs> oh, is that serial filler? Is it? Yep, hello, hey, buddy, how, how are you, you doing? I'm not too uh, bad. I I I think my uh, radio is slightly out of sync with where you are because I still got Mark talking about Sean Scannell's poor touch. But, yeah, it um, does that. There's a, there's a delay. That's We have to sit here at the end of the show and wait for it all to catch up before, <laughs> oh, I, right. before I can click the buttons for the music. But there we go. I oh, don't know right. why it does that. It's a technical issue that I can't be bothered to sort out, frankly. <laughs> anyway, um, Ipswich. Yeah, no, I just wanted to talk about the Ipswich game a bit. And I've got to say, I mean, I know that you've kind of taken a slightly more passive view on it but I was absolutely fuming with uh, well especially the half time entertainment but also the entertainment before the game 
Um, <laughs> because right. that's basically that's basically what I went to see. I mean, it was mm. a bit. It reminded me a bit of uh, the the Barnsley game earlier this season, where the uh, halftime entertainment aroused more passion in me than the actual game did. Yeah. <laughs> I think of Barnsley, and uh, yeah, we um, I we had a there was a different guy doing the the kind of build up to the game and yeah. he just kind of the normal guy I quite like but the this guy seemed to basically all he did the whole the whole time was just shout and mm. shout at different stands at various times just kind of without particular point to it um, but then the half time entertainment was even worse with that guy with the glad all over rendition I thought the uh the crystals and the mini crystals were were excellent though, weren't they? Well, I think I've I kind of gone to the toilet to throw up after <laughs> that guy's song, so I, I think I missed that. But no, I um, I it really it ruins. Or I actually thought you know Palace didn't play too badly at stages. I thought well, the, you know, yeah. But the halftime payment um, and soured it for you, did it? Well, but not really just soured it. It kind of completely ruined my week. <laughs> <laughs> you should get in touch with Terry Byfield and ask for your money back. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I used to quite like I used to quite like it when they had um people shooting at the crossbar or whatever it was. Yeah. In the shit. Time. You know, the shit was always great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. No one ever won, did they? <laughs> but um, no, I I the, another point I wanted to make on a more serious note was um about KG. I don't know if you've spoken about him much. Yeah. But, um. I, I know he's he's kind of dividing opinion at the moment. Yeah. But I'm actually, I, I'm quite a big supporter of KG, and uh, I've seen him a couple of times this season, um, playing performances where I think you know he's got real class about him, and I think actually on Saturday he didn't do a bad job. But I think you know his fitness problems have been kind of well documented, and yes. I think his uh, another thing that I'd like to see is that. When Garvin came on, I don't think Garvin's a much better passer than KG is, but he's got a more level head and he's also more willing to accept the ball. Mm. And I'd like to see KG do that a bit more. I think sometimes he's, he kind of ducks out of getting the pass when actually, you know, he put, I remember one time he put a great ball across the pitch to Ambrose. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you see him do stuff like that, I think that is why people get frustrated with him because he's clearly got Good ability, and he yeah, just sometimes yeah. seems to, you know, not really put it put a hundred percent in. He's one of those whether whether or not it's, it's it's there's reasons for it, but he's definitely one of those who comes across as as playing within himself, you know, playing a little bit, well, playing less than a hundred percent. Yeah, and I think you know, particularly when you see like a guy like O'Keefe, who isn't, I don't think, as talented as uh, KG. Although I think he has the potential to to be a better player, but um, I think you know when he puts his heart and soul in, he's going in for tackles that he should never be going in for. I think he's another one who would benefit from learning from Garvin to be a bit more composed on the ball occasionally. But uh, you know, it just kind of highlights sometimes that KG can be a frustrating player. But I don't think like some people are suggesting that he's a bad player. Because, you know, he's an international, he got signed by Fulham, yep. so, you know, he's clearly got the potential there, and the dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think I would trust the Duke's judgment, and if he keeps on playing him, 
there must be something there. All that, having said that, he also keeps on playing Chris Martin, which <laughs> is very debatable. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, again, we go back to the statistics of uh, uh, posted up today of Chris Martin and how he's outperformed everyone else up up front for us. And it, I can I can know I'm I'm kind of caught between because I can see what everyone's issue is with with Martin and the fact that he is contributing to how pedestrian our, our front line occasionally is. Um, but I'm being I'm being diplomatic, but. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I, I don't know. I just don't know if we, we're obviously looking to keep him. We must be to be playing him. Either that, or we're, we're playing him because we're you know we're yeah. paying a lot of money to do so. That's the problem that I've got with him. Is that I mean, if we're playing him at the end of the season when there's nothing to play for and we're not going to sign him, mm. it seems a bit pointless rather than giving De Silva a go or Appy or whoever. But also, yeah. if we are going to sign him, I'm just thinking, you know, if next season, as the owners have stated, that they're trying, they're going to have a look at getting into the playoffs, is mm. he a player that, you know, is going to benefit us enough it, for us to go out and spend 500 grand on him? Yeah, I, I don't... Is he going to be the person who's going to push us to the playoffs, or can we get someone better for that sort of money? And I just think we really we could do a lot better. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, having him and Ambrose in the same lineup, they're they're quite similar in that, you know, they're not quick players. They're they're all about sort of technical ability, if you like, and just getting a shot away. And they're both good for that. But when you have both in the same side, uh, I, I just think it, it just it slows us down too much. And, and that's my worry. And if we're going to carry on playing this system, I, I believe we will carry on playing this system. Um, and let's not forget it's a system that we've seen some very, very good football with as well. Uh, certainly anyone who was at Brighton away when we played that system will know how it works. But I don't want to see Chris Martin in that position if Johnny Williams is fit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think that... I just think we do need to spend some money on a creative midfielder because, I mean... Everyone's talking about getting a 20-goal-a-season striker in, which isn't going to happen for the money we're putting around. And also, I think we've got players who can score 20 goals. And wasn't there a stat that Reading's top scorer has, like, six goals this year or something? In their it's, top something it's something ridiculous. Noel Hunt's got there about six goals or something. They just shared yeah. it around. But. But, um, yeah. So, I think, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, well, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, no, I was just going <laughs> to... Yeah, no. I don't know. I hate, hate you when I say that. But um, <laughs> I was just going to say that it's not so much... Going and buying someone who will guarantee you 20 goals is is pretty much impossible at this level, let alone you know, let alone for, for Palace when we're spending the money we are. So I, I believe you're right in that. But but again, I think... For me, it's, it's a case of... If you look at when we signed Michael Hughes, this is sort of something I go back to, uh, we we signed him for nothing when no one else would take him because he'd been out of football for a year basically. But all he what he added to the side was someone who was prepared at any point to receive the ball, and he would he could run with it or he could pass it and never, you know he wouldn't give it away easily. And I think that's what we lack. I think Garvin is probably the closest to it, but he's just too slow, too pedestrian. Um, and that's what I that's what I think we're missing. Well, I, I think, yeah, cool. I think that's that's the point that I make about KG about him trying. To, he's got to get the ball a bit more, and if he slims down a bit as well, I mm. do think that he's he's got potential. But um, just on your point about uh, playing, you know, 
playing Williams just off the striker. I think it would work if we've got Murray up front, but what yeah. we're really desperate for with Murray is somebody who can get a ball on the wing, put uh, Peter's man and put it in, because I don't think Ambrose is really doing it at the moment. No. Uh, I think he's lost half a yard of pace. And yeah. that's why I think... I mean, I understand your point about centre midfielder, but I do think that KG's got the p- potential to be that player. It's just he's got to really mm. kick on, and I don't know if he's got an attitude problem or whatever, but he's just got to sort it out. Yeah. Well, that remains to be seen. All right, mate. Well, I'm going to let you go, because... Okay. Uh, it's been a while, isn't it? <laughs> really appreciate your call, mate. Um, and uh, yes, thank you so much for your continued support as well. Cheers, it's okay. See you. Take it easy, mate. Bye. Um, Aaron, you wanted to quickly finish on a point about the difference between Martin and Murray. Mm, yeah, uh, Martin and Murray. The difference between, I don't think, is the difference in the way that the two players play. I think it's in the difference that the way the rest of the team plays when either one of them is on the pitch. When you look at if if we're drawing and we're going for a win, with Martin, we're looking to play the ball along the deck more and get it to him so he can feed off and play it to other players. With Murray, for me, what I've seen, it looks like it's a long ball to him and knock it down. Maybe we should be trying to try something different than that. Let's, let's not knock the long balls to Murray. Let's see what he can do when he gets the ball at his feet. Yeah. It's like Martin. When he's in the box, he's brilliant because he can have a shot. He proved it yesterday. But he's no good anywhere else, and Murray's the same. And I think if we can work that together, maybe those two up front as a pairing could work quite well and we'll get double the goals. Yeah, (laughs) interesting theory. (laughs) I always always hate to see how deep Martin ends up dropping when he he starts. It gets really quite frustrating at times. But I agree with what you're saying. His best position is when he's got a chance to have a go, you know, have, Mm. have, have a shot. Um, on, the, on a similar subject, well, on the subject of, of Chris Martin, really, um, we've got a question on Twitter. Twitter! Twitter! Uh, from uh, Graham Thompson, who says, what do you reckon Chris Martin's transfer fee might be? Uh, I saw in the paper that it was rumours of him going to Brighton for about one and a half million or something like that. If it's that sort of much mm-hmm. money, I'm just really just, I'm not interested, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. No. Um, I, I, yes. I spoke to Chris Martin last week and I told him he said he knew nothing about it and he was speaking to his agent because he couldn't believe the price that yeah. was being quoted and uh, obviously he jumped, <laughs> he jumped at a move because of the money that would be he'd get for that but uh, um, he said uh, that he thought he thought like half a mil was about what he was worth that's what he actually said to me oh, bless him. And he said he said that that was a ridiculous amount yeah. of money and um, for someone with only a year left on his contract yeah why is anyone going to pay 1.2 million which was the price uh that was put in i think it was in the sun and uh uh basically he seems quite happy at palace i i i personally think that that doogie's trying to trying to keep him at the club hey, that's be. why that's why <clears throat> he's playing him regularly and um uh you know he's involved so much and he seems i mean if you talk to bloke he he seems like generally he's a generally nice bloke and he seems like he is he, really enjoying it at palace and mm. you know I, I think the slating of him on the message boards is well over the top i i like him i i think he you know he does a job i i don't think he's necessarily playing in a position that's particularly comfortable for him i don't think um the formation really, uh, you know, is 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 great for for him. Uh, but I think he's quite an industrious player. He doesn't have a lot of pace. I know that. 
but he scored a few goals this season. I think he does work hard. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, there's, you know, it's just the style and the the way that Doogie sets the team up. I, it really, it doesn't, you know, bode particularly well for attacking football. But that's that's how, you know, I saw little glimpses of him, little glimpses where I thought we are, you know, moving in the right direction yesterday. Yes. You know, and with a few additions next season, I think we'll see progress. But it is a very gradual one, and I, and I can understand that it's frustrating to watch at times. I acknowledge that, but you know that that's the name of the game. You know, people are going to have to, you know, whether they like it or not, are going to have yeah. to put up with a bit more of this sort of football till till Doogie really sorts out um, a team. And now we have a host of injuries to. So basically, just noticed a tweet from Sam Ward on the subject of Martin. He says, on fo- my football manager, Martin, got injured and the goals dropped. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Sam. Sam made a general point as well that kind of fits in with what you're saying about people having to put up with this. And He says he thinks people expect too much and considering the last few years, you've got to keep the faith and remember that we had that Carling Cup run as well, which is... um. Exactly. Which is valid in a number of ways. But no, you make a really good point there, Mark, about the fact that there were little signs, weren't there, against Ipswich. There was um Even from Speroni yeah. was like he was he was trying to get the full backs to go out wide so he could roll the ball out to them rather than thumping it down the middle. Because obviously when you're yeah. playing Scannell up top, there's no good banging it down the pitch, although he did do it occasionally. But he was he was trying to force the full backs mm. out to the flanks so that he could build from the back, you know? But yeah. uh Sometimes I just think they're not, you know, they're not always concentrating, and you know, he's 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 thinking ahead, and they're sort of got his, their backs yeah. to a goal. But that's know, but, um, that's a know. culture change really at the club, isn't it? To to start playing that that system, if you like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely. I just noticed a question on Twitter from Albert. It says, uh, <laughs> "Who? What's the biggest, Jason Scotland or Scotland?" It's a good question. <laughs> good. Well, question. I'd like to pick up a point on. Mm. Um, on uh, Manuel Manuel J Thomas's or J Manuel Thomas's yeah. shorts yesterday, <laughs> yes. yeah. and and um, they were rather sort of eighties buttock hugging type shorts, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, they were retro. Yeah, yeah. It was, and for someone as lanky as him, it looked rather odd, I must say. And I and I said that to the guy who was sitting next to me. He sort of chuckled a bit, and then someone tweeted that. He looked like something out of the eighties or words of that. Why were you all staring at his ass? Well, it was ju- it was just peculiar because he's such a ungainly sort of player. Mm. He had his <laughs> he had his shorts pulled right up his ass, and it was just it was just, it was just really peculiar. It's like it was just odd, you know. And it was like was. everyone else has their sort of shorts around their knees, and he had them right up his crack. Yeah, it's I mean, just, when <laughs> it's like, I mean. When there's one know, player, each to their own, each to their yeah, own. Yeah. But when there's one player on your team essentially wearing hot pants, it is quite hard not to notice. But that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. I know a couple of Ipswich fans. I'll ask them about that, whether or not that's a regular thing. I think he <laughs> just put somebody else's shorts on by mistake. I'm just going to jump to um to Nick's comments before we move any further. I'll grab some stuff off the message board as well. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll try and end this show at some point. I think we're going to be able to another 15 minutes or so. So dig in, dig in, get yourself a drink or something. Not now, because I'm talk- still talking, but when Mark starts. Um, Nick says, uh, great family day again. My four-year-old daughter took advantage of the fact that uh, Will didn't want to go because it's 
it's in quotations it's been rubbish lately <laughs> uh should i be worried about the fact that if a seven-year-old thinks the seven-year-old thinks this way probably nick yeah i mean although it depends if he's been listening to you uh edith loved it though thanks to the bloke who gave her a born in south london t-shirt um thought the game typified and not mattering for either team end of season game we had moments wolf looked like looks like he needs a break um thought the move for our goal was excellent our remaining opportunities all have hang on our remaining opponents sorry all have something to play for so i can't see us winning uh, frowny face uh Looking forward for the season to be over, if truth be told. Nick Gussett, brackets, not a communist. <laughs> i tell you uh, what, we haven't uh, mentioned was that yep. all the goals that we've conceded of late have been absolutely wonderful strikes. And yep. it's like, it's a kind of sort of current theme at the moment. It's like, let's score goal of the season against Palace. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I mean, about two of the three at Birmingham were out of this world. Ricky Lambert's goal on Monday was a superb individual goal, and uh, Jason Scotland. I don't, and just before Jason Scotland put that in the net yesterday, I was saying to my pal, "Is it a prerequisite to be a fat <laughs> bum uh, if for a sec, for a centre forward?" Yeah. And then looking at I, Jason Scotland and thinking he was rather rotund. Anyway. <laughs> Then he went and flipping Mark, banged it in the back Mark, of the net, didn't he? Mark, I've got so I had to eat my words. No. You're, you're spending <laughs> far too much time looking at players' rear ends. I'm worried. I'm concentrating <laughs> yeah, concerned. on the game. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. The game's well, not playing his arse. Now, um, in, terms of, in terms of Jason Scotland, I actually, I was, he went down injured in the first half um, and he'd missed a few pretty, quite, you know, Decent chances, Ripswich, in fairness. And I tw- managed, I tweeted off the Homestead account, I tweeted, um, hope Jason Scott has recovers, uh, as a result of his finishing so far. And then I was forced to sort of tweet after he scored that goal and say Jason Scotland has taken a break from being shite and has managed to score a one. <laughs> it, it was absolutely, it had, it had been poor in all honesty. And I know he had a kind of a purple patch, if you like, for, was it Swansea? I don't know, someone anyway. It, it, you know, he'd looked a decent player for, for a couple of seasons, ended up at Wigan and, and then went back to his usual standard. And I just, I was looking at him and I'm thinking, this guy's not a threat at all. And you see him out, of the, see him out on the left side, and he's got Klein in front of him. You're thinking there's no danger, no danger at all. We're just seeing this game out. It's going to be an easy. It'd be nice to get a win under our belts. Then he just cuts in and scores that, and you think, well, that's something. Can we, can we blame you, Chris? <laughs> you can try if you like. I don't know. Aaron, you haven't had much to say recently, but you actually were at this game for a change. You got anything that you want to bring up? Uh, well, actually, as you were saying about the goal there. It, he should never have been allowed to cut in on the first place. The, the whole, what it looked like was, Klein was just sort of going with him, thinking... He skinned him, didn't he? He, he did. Klein, I'll just hold him here. He's not going anywhere. And he's pulled out that blind. I mean, Sproni, he had a great game from the from the word go. They are all over him. But, you know, if as as Mark said earlier, if that shot goes past Sproni, then no, no other keeper's going to save it, are they? And it's just another damn good goal that's cost us the points, and I'm annoyed. Fair enough, good stuff. Damn that man um, in his tight shorts. All right, very well. <laughs> it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't him in the tight shorts. Oh, it. damn. Let's not go on about shorts and players' asses. <laughs> it's distracting. Um, just a couple of comments from the Homesdale. Uh, uh, the guy posts as Jeff Thomas. 
Um, so to be honest, there was little to talk about from today as there were no ideas or energy shown by the players. Typical Palace home match where it looked like the away team from the kickoff. If it was any other manager than Dougie, people would be wanting him out. People say Taylor and Francis were bad, but under the teams, those two, uh, the teams under those two were not this poor. I, I think there's a point in terms of this quality of squad there, but anyway, that's probably for another time. Uh, harsh, mm. some might say, but that's only two wins in 18 games, which is relegation football. Can't deny that. Um, it's got to the point now where I feel it's a waste of time attending as it's just not entertaining anymore. Next season could be the first time I do not get a season season ticket of some sort in over 30 years. So um, very, very cutting comments there. Um, I can't argue I, with uh, that. I think um, that is obviously everyone's main gripe. It was, certainly was in the pub before and after. Yep. Sorry, you're still there. Sorry, it's all went dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, um, but I mean, it's like... As I said, yes, that's all glimmers of the team moving in the right direction. Yeah, a yeah. few additions next season, I can see a little bit of progress, and it's but it's going to take time. And but the biggest frustration is not that it's not entertaining to watch or it's long ball; is that we don't get the ball forward enough, and we don't score anywhere near enough goals. And basically, if we go forward more, we create more score, more, more goal scoring chances. More goals would be scored. We would naturally become more attractive to watch. Goals yeah. provide entertainment, etc. However, we dress it up. Ultimately, we go to the football to see our team win. Hopefully, by playing good football and in doing so by scoring goals. And almost none of this is happening at the moment. So you know, but I feel that some of the fans have unrealistic expectations for the team right now. You know, we're we're down yeah. to the bare bones in terms of uh, players. We've got like uh, some serious injured injured players at the moment who won't appear. Again, we're playing like, you know, we've got 16-year-old on the bench the other day in um, Ryan Innes. Ryan Innes. We've got like 18-year-olds making debuts and so yep. forth. Yep. And and I think, you know, you know uh, when we beat Ipswich away, that um, was after about 15 games or so, we were third in the league. We've had, you know, people have got short memories. We, You know, we got to the semi-final of the Cup. We've had some... You know, wins. We won at Old Trafford. We won at the Den. You know, we won at, uh, at Tampax. It's it's like you know, and and people just think like it's it's just uh, sort of frustrating to watch, yeah. but it's also frustrating to people to just berate the team and say, well, I don't want to get yes. a season ticket for next year. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's we like don't... it's so narrow-minded because this is it's a work in progress it always has been since he took over you know people forget where we were a couple of years ago and 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 if you people to bite bit your hand off before the season started if you say we'll get to a cup semi-final and we'll finish sort of just below mid-table or something like that but yeah. but you well, know no, you're you, right you know, but anyway. if, someone, if someone says they won't go to wouldn't go to a match unless you're winning or play you know or i'm being entertained well although this whole kind of concepts come in from i don't really know i mean i following Palace a fair while I'm, I'm not sure we've ever played anything like the football people seem to be demanding we've always been fairly direct and fairly basic in, in the way we're playing and I think that's what Dougie's trying to change but anyway if you start saying I'm not going to go and watch games unless we we do exactly what I want and that's the sort of fan you take the piss out of in the pub and it's called a glory hunter isn't it I just it's about when you say go, go and watch Arsenal yeah, yeah it is and, and yeah. I, I know people get really irate about that oh, I have a right to criticise yes you have a right to criticise of course you have a right to criticise but you have a right you obviously have a general responsibility to be a reasonable human being as well not go completely mental but that's i mean that's just an opinion and, and i and i know 
from his posts in the past. I know the guy we're talking about who posted Jeff Thomas. He's a very, very you know sensible guy. You know, he's not afraid to say the harsh truths. But I think he's again, I don't agree with with his overall assessment. Uh, TJ, who you'll all know, um, well, not all of you listening at all. Tony, you two. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I meant you two. Um, he says, um, referring to Dougie's comment that the mission is safety. It's looking forward to producing young players and getting a bit more excitement around the place. Uh, and he says the above are Dougie Friedman's comments from the official site. I guess he's achieved one of the three, but I'm unsure if he's close. To two and four, oh, I'm confused. But he says today's display was best mediocre and at worst rubbish at times. I've tried to remain positive this season, but since we went out of the Carling Cup way back in January, we've moved one way backwards. Too many players with beach towels and suntan lotion on their mind. Uh, I don't have <laughs> too much time to, to get into that, but essentially, yep, a very frustrated reaction. Bear in mind this was quite soon after the end of the game, and I've been deliberately doing that to get the initial reactions from people. Um, but again, he's a, he's a man who knows his football. He's a man who's followed the club for a long, long time, and, and he's frustrated. But you know, questions as to why we've been talking about all, all day, really. Um, Mister mm. Hundred and Ten Percent says some good passing once Garvin came on, but as ever, just one player up front. We're never going to win enough games to move up the table with these tactics. Play for a draw, and that's what you'll mainly get. If it was two points for a win, it'd be more understandable, but this is just not good enough. Can't understand playing Martin ahead of Apaya, Pedroza, or Sakaja. Uh, same as when he played Canago last year. Sorry, Dougie, but there's no excitement watching your team play. Uh, I can pick on that one and get your thoughts, guys. Um, you've mentioned Apaya, Pedroza and Sakaja. Uh, Ibra Sakaja's played one game, uh, I think, scored one goal, maybe made a sub-appearance as well. But I'm, I'm willing to wager that not many people have seen much of him play, but, uh, but are suggesting that he should start. Uh, Pedroza, I'm willing to wager that not many people have seen much of him play. They want him to start, <laughs> and people and and the Pyre as well, who's actually, to be fair, he's, of the three, he's he's probably the one I would start. Uh, give him a chance because he's actually looked pretty impressive. But guys, can you would you want to see either of those three start ahead of Martin? Do you think it's worth now planning for for, for the next season and doing so? Mm. Uh, Mark first, probably. Um, mm. tricky. Uh. I would definitely think it's worth introducing one or two of the youngsters at some stage of the game. I don't know if they're ready um, That's the question. to play 90 minutes. It's, this is, I mean, it's all right, everybody saying we should be playing Pedoza or Pyre or whoever. Uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be a centre-forward, but, you know, this youngster, that youngster. Uh, but, you know, we're not at training every day. You know, there isn't a reserve league as such anymore. The chances of most of the people who are making the comments who have actually seen these players play more than maybe once in their lives, like a pre-season friendly or something last year, Mm. um, you have to sort of say, well, Doogie and the backroom staff are in the best position to know whether these players, you know, should be introduced. And, you know, Carl De Silva has had a, a little introduction and a little taste of it, and hopefully, you know, he'll press on and he'll he'll bang in some goals at a later date. Uh, but you can't sit here and predict whether um, any of the aforementioned players mm. are, are ready ready for the step yeah. up. It, people suppose... just seem to think just bring in some kid and he's just gonna, you know, dance yeah. and then twinkle toes his way around everybody. And you know, you're, you're playing like yeah. most most weeks you're playing against experienced defenders who've seen it all and uh and you're expecting some kid to change it all and and when they do come on and they don't 
you know, uh, produce or they try something and everyone gets down and gloom and doom and gives them a hard time or whatever, then that's going to shoot their confidence. And I just think, you know, you've got to be really careful about how you treat these youngsters. And I think Doogie is sensible about how he does it. And, you know, if he wants to play him or if he just wants to put him in a 16 like he did with Ryan Innes and give him a bit of bit of match day experience, fine. He, if he doesn't play him, he doesn't play him. You know, he Definitely. does what he feels right. Well, very, very uh, quickly, Aaron, um, you've got a couple of comments of yourself and from the chat room. Yeah, we've got uh, in the chat room. We've got uh, Cyril Phil. I actually like to say, uh, see Reese Alassani play in the uh, in a few games. We've got uh, uh, Dweeb as well. We'd like to see uh, a pyre start in favour of Martin and a shout for Big Cow as well, just why he's on loan <laughs> at Orient. Um, for me, I would play a pyre because what I've, what I've heard, he seems very live and good. So Kaja, of course, scored with his first touch, but I don't think he's quite there. And Pedroza sounds like a bit of a whiny nut, but maybe that might transfer onto the pitch. He might give some more, but for me, a pyre. Yeah, I mean, I've, that's, it's, yeah, I've, I, of the three, he's the stronger contender. I mean, I know pe- I, people will always argue, and probably quite rightly, that you're not going to know about certain players uh, until you just give them a chance. And, and I think there's some frustration at Pedroza being on the bench and not getting on, but there's a all us there's there's a reason for it if it's an obvious mm. thing you think oh why can we all see it and Dougie can't well it's not that it's because you it's because you he can see what you're getting at but he knows more than you do yeah <laughs> um if it was if it was that simple and that we can all manage by hindsight and say that would have been better but you'll never know it's just, that's that's what he we know he's a striker about. when he sees one <laughs> um i'm going to pick a couple of little bits and pieces from people now because of how late it is uh, a couple of things really well Leeds Eagle one um he said that Dougie's sending mixed messages regarding his comments. He says after the Nottingham Forest match, he said when, um, at the end of last season, he said, we don't do relegation battles anymore. Now we move, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the, but the mission is safety that we is what we've had for the past two years. And that's something you say if you're in a relegation struggle. It's an interesting point. Maybe Dougie's being revisionist a little bit. Maybe he's, um, seeking to sort of, uh, respond to the comments that he's heard or, or, or read himself. Who really knows, but certainly, He's got criticism for saying it, but he said that we're not ready to be challenging at the top end of the table, and he's been proven correct. Um, and it, it seems harsh to some, but some people seem to be having a hard time um, accepting, sort of it. accepting it, really. But we'll, <laughs> we'll move on from there. Some, some good comments from Leeds Eagle 1, but I can't get to them all, unfortunately. Uh, money for nothing. Craig, he's, uh, let's pick out this one about Martin. He says, get rid of Martin. Higher scoring striker, granted, but that's hardly something to scream about. Our goals ratio is so abysmal that Spironi is in with the shout of being top scorer this year. <laughs> so he doesn't rate Martin. That's, we've discussed that already, but I thought I'd just pick that bit out. It's good. Um, in terms of the best players and the worst players against Ipswich, he felt that McShane and Moxie both played really, really well. And Moxie looks a lot better in his natural left-back position. He gives us a lot going forward. Uh, and of the worst players, he thought Martin and Ambrose, but he'll go for Martin. Slow, lazy, devoid of any movement. Send him back, please. Mr. Oh. Um, uh, 110% again said his best, his best players in the game he thought was Garvin, I know Keith, and worse was Scannell, Zaha, KG, Martin, and Ambrose. Um, Johnny the Eagle says same shit, different day. Good stuff, Johnny. <laughs> um, nice and concise, that. Is, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to pick out for illegal, illegal. He said, biggest problem with our players, we get slower the further forward we get up the pitch. Um, and since we start so deep, we rarely create anything because the opponent has time to nullify our threat. 
Ipswich started yesterday with a high line, pressed our de- in our defensive third, and then Lee Martin had a player who got the ball, ran forwards with it at pace. We do none of the above and tend to hang around waiting for Wilf to produce some magic. Um, that's just fair enough. Fair comment there. Um, I think we are probably a little bit too reliant on Wilf to do something. And of late, he's um, he struggled. I think also, yeah. we don't, don't you find... I, I was w- watching the game carefully yesterday. I thought that Ipswich passed the ball a lot quicker, you know, in terms of, like... We were, we're sort of like, touch it, look up, look for someone in space, drop the ball off. By then, that man's already been, yeah. you know, covered and everything. And, and the, you know, everything needs, the, the pace of the, our game needs to step up. Like, the passing needs to be, like, receive, give and go. You know, all that sort of, you know, yeah, not, yeah. not put your foot on the ball, have a look around, wait for someone to make a run. You know, these people, sh- these guys should be making runs, making openings, creating, you know, space of their own accord and someone just needs to be you know able to deliver a ball into into you know into some room but we it's it's so pedestrian like has been said you know uh it's you know receive the ball put your foot on it look up wait for someone to make a move then release the ball it should be just you know much quicker and if we speeded the tempo up then we would stop this sitting in our own third of the pitch not yeah. not I getting think, forward enough, you know. Look, I, I, you you touched on it earlier. There were spells where we did we did a nice bit of one touch movement and things like that, but only certain players, in my view, are, are seem capable of it. And, and we again, in terms of pace, we have a couple of players who are who play at a different pace to other people. Wilf's one of those who, at the moment, to me, is playing about fifteen to twenty percent too quickly, sort of trying to knock the ball too far ahead, and all that sort of stuff. So you're right; those are sort of areas we're going to have to have to look at. Um, last comment, and I'm going to have to move it on to the to the previews and then the show because um, yeah, I've got things to do, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but quick game two, that's Paul uh, again, who both of you probably know. Um, it says uh, Hambo, you and I both go to all home and away games. Uh, we've seen some great and some not so great performances. Cold Tuesday night in Barnsley, going down one nil in the first ten seconds. Tuesday night, two nil up at Bristol, and then drawing, nearly lost it in the dying seconds, and many more things we could talk about. But if we are offered what we've done and where we are now, beginning of the season, I think most would have bitten your hand off. But we've been going downhill since before the semis with the Tafs and have not improved. We have been poor to say the least. I fear for next season. Well. He's yep. Yeah, he's seen a lot of football uh, as Paul, um, and he has and he has fears for next season. Personally, I'm still looking forward to it. I still think it's uh, going to be a very interesting summer, uh, and I think well, again, I kind of share Nick's feeling of, of not you know I can't really wait for the season to end in some ways, but <laughs> but you know there's you, you've got to be positive because uh, you're not going to you're not going to help anyone by being negative. So I'm I'm positive. I'm looking forward to. Join the club to, to see exactly to seeing what we to seeing what we actually do. Uh, we'll leave Ipswich there, right, um, Aaron. You're going to have to be quick as as we talk <laughs> on these things. We're going to look at game coming up. <clears throat> concentrate mainly on on the Portsmouth game. I know Dave Carr on Twitter earlier on was saying that why do people think we'll lose to Portsmouth on Tuesday? Yes, they're fighting for a win, but I honestly think we're a better team. So um, on that kind of basis, what what have Portsmouth got to offer, Aaron? Well, what have Portsmouth got their offer? They basically need to win on Tuesday in order to stay up. And if Bristol City get anything more than a point or a win, that's them gone, which would be a shame. Uh, recent form, obviously they beat Doncaster 4-3, which relegated the Donnies. Uh, then they lost, before that, lost 1-0 at home to Millwall, which shows it can be done. Drew mm-hmm. 2 with Southampton away before that, and lost at home 5-1 to Burnley. So their home form isn't great. 
but our recent results at Fratton Park haven't been good. We've drawn two games and lost three. And in fact, you have to go all the way back to May the second, back in '05, when the last time we won there. So, who knows? I think we could get it, but if not, they might well face a ridiculing from Palace fans again. Your stuff. Anything to add to that, Mark? Uh, I did a little bit of research. Uh, when we play, when Pompey play, full stop. There is always late drama. So, guys, don't leave Fratton Park early on Tuesday. This season, they have scored and conceded more times in the last five minutes of a game than at any other time in a match scoring nine times and conceding ten times. So 19 goals have been scored in the last five minutes of games involving Pompey this season. As uh, Aaron said, we could send them down on Tuesday night, so they won't be happy. So take your crash helmets. <laughs> and uh, uh, top scorer David Norris, eight goals in 37 appearances from midfield. And then their second top scorer is Greg Halford, their centre-half with six goals, including mm-hmm. two yesterday. Uh, and one other stat. 25 times this season Pompey have conceded first and they have only come back to win twice so there is hope mm, indeed <laughs> yeah I mean our, our defence is to win but that's what we're going to talk about now predictions for the game uh, Mark what's your prediction 1-1 1-1 uh, Aaron 0-0 uh, because I don't want Pompey to go down 3-1 <laughs> yeah. Palace oh. yeah have that um, then we have a rather tricky tie uh, for our final away game of the season <laughs> it was quite good to be saying that it's been a struggle uh, as long as i get those two these two games out of the way and finish with the cardiff game i've got 100 percent for the season and pre-seasons yes. come on <laughs> so um but i'm not anticipating a particular particularly good uh, amount of joy really shall we say at um, the Medeski stadium um what have you got for me aaron in terms of a preview uh, just quickly, just before, uh, good luck to all those who are walking from Sellers to Reading uh, on the beforehand. Just to say that I was going to join it, but I can't. Uh, anyway, uh, recent form for Reading—they have been on fire. They've won their last five games, which included a three-one thrashing of Southampton and a four-two thrashing of West Ham, and of course they beat Brian and Neil Warnock's Leeds. Um, <clears throat> a win for Reading could pretty much seal their promotion to the Premier League. So we're going to have to go there and uh, really give it some in order to get anything away. Um, uh, recent results for Palace and Medeski have been sort of mixed, to be honest. Uh, two wins and three defeats, although those two wins, we have scored more than three goals in each. Um, uh, but we are really going to have to play some stuff, or we'll face a right royal thrashing. Yay. See what I did there? I Well, I mean, it's they're a good side, there's no doubt in that doubt in that and I, I didn't see the game but Mark you were telling me they were pretty impressive against Southampton I was watching it with one eye while I was trying to work and um, <laughs> uh, yeah I mean Lafondra's on fire and all the goals are spread pretty evenly through the team Ledgerwood, mm. Pierce, McEnough, Hart, Roberts Simon Church they've all contributed four, five, six, seven goals whatever <laughs> Lafondra I think he's on about 11 now so uh, uh, I don't go there with any um Serious uh, <laughs> thoughts of uh, getting anything there, but uh, I suppose it'll be a, ch- a championship party or some well, description. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam was predicting eight nil. I'm not sure to who. Ouch! <laughs> either way, uh, yeah. Ouch! Either way, yeah. So, uh, what do you think, Aaron? Uh, every time we've gone to Reading near the end of the season, we've won. So I'm going to go two one Palace. Bloody hell! Mark? Oh yes. Well, uh, if they wrap it up on Tuesday. If uh, then we might have a 
we might sneak something, a point, but I think we'll probably lose about 3-0. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. But uh, it, depends, it, depends, it depends whether or not they need anything from the game, I yeah. think. Really. And we've got, we got a lot of players out, so it's, you know, oh, it's, no. it's, yeah. it's so hard. Horrendous injuries. I didn't even well, I, know until you said that KG was out for about four months. Yeah. yeah exactly. He went off injured, but injury, yeah. he's going to get extremely large over the... <laughs> he? I mean, talking yeah. about rotund players earlier... Bloody hell. I'd like to know what shirt size he has. Anyway, moving on. Moving swiftly on. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the best one in the world. You know what? I think we'll we'll probably do all right up there. I don't think we'll be embarrassed or anything like that. It's probably 1-0, I think. 1-0 to Reading. But I I can't see us getting a goal, really. But maybe when the pressure's off, maybe they don't need anything we could. So let's hope I'm wrong on that one. Yes. um, Yeah, exactly. We'll leave that. Well, we went for the win. Well done, Aaron. That's good of you. Thank you. We'll leave that there. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure I've missed plenty of stuff. So anyone who got in contact and I didn't, I didn't credit you or read you out. Apologies for that. But just keep the uh, the contact coming. You can again contact us during the week if you like. Radio at homestead or not. Send us an email with your thoughts. Maybe after the Portsmouth game, and it will help us plan the show for next week. Uh, as I often remind people in the podcast. But um, yeah. So I think nothing more to do really than just to say thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we're going to sit here now and wait for the delay on the show to uh, <laughs> catch up. So uh, after you've said your goodbyes, chaps, if you can mute your microphones, we'll sit here. But, um, again, thanks to everyone for listening. And thank you, obviously, to everyone who's contributed as well. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of the same, but hopefully hopefully a bit more positive as well. So, hey. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Bye. bye. Okay, um, you've just listened to this week's Homestay Radio podcast, aren't you? Good, well done. Um, this is the this is the outroduction. Is it is it an outroduction? Um, let me get some thoughts on that, Mark. Is it an outroduction? Uh, that is not the Queen's English, no. <laughs> Aaron, how do you feel? It's not the Queen's English, but it probably goes by how much alcohol you've had. <laughs> Must be an outroduction, otherwise why would it be called an outro? Hmm. Mm. Been wondering about that one for a while. Anyway, I, hope- I, I, won't be, I won't be able to sleep tonight. Yeah, that's for different reasons. Wake up in the morning and have the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, email the answer to us at yes. uh, net. <laughs> save me actually um, doing anything and I can get on my real work. Anyway, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. If you're not a subscriber and you listen from iTunes, please subscribe on iTunes. Please, please. Do it. Go on. And even if you don't subscribe and I uh, no it doesn't work ignore me um yeah <laughs> most of us do yeah. <laughs> that's pretty harsh but I'd have to leave that one in because I really don't record another we'll leave that for the six aside football sort yeah, you out so then that's a good thing um, yeah, <laughs> but you're on his team <laughs> it's, it's a, there's a six aside football talk. well you say he's on my team I might be changing that now um, anyway <laughs> Listen, we're uh, we're rambling as we often do, as we've just done for the last probably two hours of your life. So, again, if you do want to get in contact with us during the week, radio at homesdale.net. Anything you like, any suggestions for what you want to see or see, we, we want to hear, probably with it being a radio. Uh, yeah, cheers, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. 
You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.